Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and today we have kind of a hybrid episode. We're going to do a couple mailbag questions, two questions. I will talk about a speaking gig that I landed at a pretty big conference called FinCon and how I hooked this up. It's a cool story. If you're a longtime listener, you kind of remember an episode where I talked about how I organized this thing. So I'll revisit that. I could tell you I landed the speaking spot. It's on a panel. And I'll kind of break down the details too, because I, I think it's pretty interesting the the way I approached it and then the way it all worked out, which was pretty cool. And yeah, I think we'll just do those few questions. This is like one of those bonus episodes. So typically I'm just publishing episodes on Monday, I believe. Occasionally I'll throw one in and I don't know. I think we're averaging maybe like five episodes per month these days, which is good. Every now and then I have a little more to say. I'm actually kind of behind on the mailbag episodes, which is cool. I have like a lot of topics that I could cover and I've just kind of been taking it easy over the summer. We've been traveling quite a bit was down in the Atlanta, Georgia area for about three weeks visiting family right in the middle of the summer when it was so hot and oppressively humid. It was absolutely amazing down there. And hopefully, you know, we'll go back in the summer to the South. It was just really warm, but it was good to visit family and all that kind of stuff. We were actually staying in a Airbnb in a, town called Marietta, which we have not spent much time in before, but it was kind of far enough away from family, but close enough, if you if you know what I'm saying. So it gave us some some room to breathe and, you know, staying with family for two and a half weeks. It's kind of long. So we, we didn't stay that whole time. So here are the, here are the questions that we're going to cover today, and I'll read out the whole email um, when the time's right. But one of them is about having a very good idea, what uh, someone believes is a really good idea. And they're looking for investors like angel investors or VCs and, you know, how to pursue that. Full disclosure, I don't have experience in that area, but I did give a reply back to hopefully give um, this person, Tony Stark. Tony Stark, I think that might be a fake name, but Tony, um, a, some advice just to get them moving in the right direction. And then we have another email from someone named Guy, who's actually kind of in the uh, Northern Colorado area. So we may grab a beer sometime. And he was asking about working with an accountant or a tax pro who can help someone they're selling a big site. So it's a, it's a pretty big exit and hopefully I'll get some more details from guy, but I have a um, little advice for him as well. Now, before we get to me talking about my, myself and the panel, this is a rare occasion when we actually have a sponsor. I usually don't work with sponsors, but here, here's the thing. This is from sticker mule and sticker mule is pretty legit. All right. So I am a bit of a fanatic when it comes to stickers. I am surrounded by, I have these Yeti cups, right? 
and other water bottles and such. And whenever we travel, we usually buy stickers. So I'm addicted. My wife is addicted. I have some from uh, breweries. I have some from national parks. I have some that I purchased at the airport. Here is a guitar. Uh, well, it's the person I took guitar lessons from, Christina Vane. I'm a sticker addict. All right. So I love these stickers. So when Sticker Mule contacted me, specifically about their custom stickers, I was like, okay, I usually don't care, but I actually do care about this. So I was like, all right, we could work together. We could figure something out. I could do an ad read for you because I do love stickers. So with that said, the cool thing is they have these custom stickers and these are shaped like mules on the, on the website because it's called Sticker Mule. And they have a lot of different kinds here. So you, you can look and, and see and peruse, but like they are uh, sometimes die cut. They have, uh, you know, specific shapes to fit your brand, whatever it might be. They have sticker sheets. They have bumper stickers. They have rectangle. They have uh, clear stickers. They have transfer stickers, many varieties. They have a lot of different colors and they are customizable which is pretty cool. I also put stickers all over my guitar cases too. So that's kind of fun and I accumulate them. They're, they're small. So I, again, I love stickers and I, I'm not going to go on and on for, for too far. But remember this, these are premium quality stickers and it's great for reselling them or using in your marketing efforts. And I'm actually going to be buying a bunch of stickers from Sticker Mule because I uh, actually suck at personal branding in, in many ways. And I don't have these sort of marketing materials, but I will be buying some. I'll literally be buying some from Sticker Mule out here. So they are very durable, they're waterproof, and they have a what they call a sleek matte finish that screams premium. I mean, these are nice. Again, I, I showed you a handful of stickers that I do have. They also have a ton of other products. So they may have like... Um, Magnets, and you, you'll have to go browse around there, but they have like magnets, t-shirts, other things that you could put your logo on. So you can sign up for a free account. Check out my link where I believe you'll save, uh, if, I, if I understand this right, you'll save uh, 10 bucks. You'll get a $10 credit for your, for your order there. And uh, I'd appreciate the support. So do check out Sticker Mule and I'll put a link in the description and remember to check out their custom stickers. And if, you know, if you got a business out there and you want to advertise and you know, it's something I might dig, shoot me an email feedback at doug.show goes directly to me and, you know, make, make your pitch, make your pitch, say that you're a listener. All right. Say that you're a listener. That helps a lot because I got a lot of randos out there emailing me and I, I just don't know what to cover. Right. So I, Usually if I don't know the person, it's a bad pitch. I don't even reply back. So, all right. I landed the spot in the panel and I didn't think it was going to work out. I actually have ringers. I have really amazing people on the panel. And I had the idea because I know that I'm pretty good at organizing things and making it easy for other, other people to participate in something. I serve as the organizer. I kind of facilitate the whole thing. And if you are good at that, you're able to 
kind of ride the coattails of other people because other people don't want to do it, even though they may want to participate in the thing. So there's this fairly big conference called FinCon. It's big for financial and personal finance related creators, YouTube, bloggers, podcasters, whatever. Plus all the businesses that kind of serve those communities. So that could be like banking, real estate, um, could be advertisers. It could be like web advertisers and stuff like that. I know, I think like Ezoic and maybe like AdThrive and a couple of the other kind of uh, ad networks, their sponsors, they'll have a booth at the conference as well. So big conference. I was a speaker a couple of years ago, actually during the COVID timeframe. And uh, it was kind of easy because I just videoed it and then was able to attend the conference and not get too stressed out. I decided a panel would be great because then you have a few other people that you're sitting with and it kind of takes the pressure off. It's more of a discussion versus a prepared talk. So a little bit less stressful, a little bit easier to do. And you have four other people that you're working with. The panels consist of four people on the panel plus a facilitator. My idea was this. My friend Carl, who co-hosts the Mile High Fi podcast with me, he would be the facilitator. I would sit on the panel as someone with a small show. I had a small show. This is a small show in in the grand scheme of things. But I was able to have a, a fairly big influence in my small space. Kind of amazing. I mean, my downloads are very modest, um, but I've been doing it for a long time and there's some coverage on YouTube, right? So people do follow on YouTube and you can see the number of subscribers over there, which is, I think it's like 38,000 or so right now. Anyway, I am friendly with a few bigger podcasters. We're talking like generally top 50 podcast um, in the Apple podcast business section in the US. So these are fairly big shows. And, you know, one of them happens to be Mindy Jensen, who is Carl Jensen's wife. So I'm, you know, we're like family friends, right? So Mindy was actually just texting me earlier today for a recipe of something that I cooked. So, so we're friends. And I was like, hey, Mindy, she, uh, is the bigger pockets money uh, host. So, Mindy, do you wanna be on a panel? Here's the idea. Carl's gonna facilitate. I'll be on the panel. You'll be on the panel. She says, sure, sounds great. I asked someone else, Andrew Gencola, who actually took the course that I have a few years ago. So he followed along with me. He's in the personal finance space. He started a podcast called The Personal Finance Podcast solid name during the COVID timeframe and blew up. He's independent. He is great on, on the mic. He's great on camera. He has a wonderful presence and he puts a lot of time and effort into his shows. So he shot up the ranks and like grew his show really fast. And again, independent. We're like Mindy's show. She's part of the Bigger Pockets family, which is a, a big website, a big community out there. Andrew's totally independent. The other person, the other third person is Paula Pan, and she does a show called Afford Anything. Again, independent, 
I think she started uh, completely solo. I think she may have joined a network here in the last year or so, but also independent. And she focuses kind of in the real estate area, but generally in the um, financial independence and personal finance space. And she is uh, super sharp and has a great show. She was on the Netflix show, which uh, I forget. I should have looked this up, but she was on the Netflix um, show about personal finance where there are, are four sort of case studies. So great series. If you want to check it out, if you just look for uh, Paula Pant in Netflix, you'll find the show. So I'm, I'm friendly with all of them. So I texted Paula and I was like, Hey, thinking of this panel, would you be interested to sit with us? Here's the general idea. I'll take care of everything. So Everyone said yes. There was a little bit of uh, uncertainty. Paula was not sure if she was going to attend FinCon or not. So I got special permission from the organizer of FinCon and the person that heads up the selection process for speakers and panels. And because Paula is a well-known person and Mindy and Carl are as well, I was able to say, hey, it's a little bit funny, but would it be okay if we submitted this a little bit out of process? We're unsure if Paula can can make it, but if Paula can't make it, we'll be able to find someone within our network to sit in to, to fill her spot. And that, that was okay with the organizers. Basically, after some time, Paula said, yes, Doug, I'm going to be able to attend. And then we let... Um, the organizer of FinCon know. So all, all that is going on. And I created the pitch. So it's fairly straightforward. Everything is short, right? They don't want a whole lot of information about all the details and every little thing you might say or talk about. They want a summary. They want something that they could put into the program for FinCon and people can like quickly peruse that you have a title and you have bullet points. So fairly straightforward. I came up with uh, the skeleton of what I wanted to cover, knowing that it would fit really well for Paula. It would fit well for Andrew, for Mindy and myself. So I kind of knew where we were experts on this specific topic area, which is podcasting. So I put that together and then I actually went to ChatGPT and asked for like other tips for making it better. And I got a handful of tips. I asked ChatGPT to make it more concise, just so it's a little punchier. And it's very, shorter is better. Like shorter is better, especially for something like this. It's very concise and it doesn't ramble on with a bunch of details. So I had a really tight pitch. Then I took it back to the, the team. And I said, here's what I came up with. Do you want to change anything? I'll take your suggestions. Just let me know. Because I had spent some time on it, no changes were needed. There were a couple tweaks here and there, but it was minimal. And I think I said, ah, here are five different titles. Vote for the one that you want. And then I just, you know, we voted. And then I picked that one as the best. I didn't really care. I didn't have a horse in the race. They were all decent titles. So... I didn't think we were going to get it. Well, at first I thought 
there's no way they're not going to have us because these it's literally like three of the top podcasters in the space and then me. <laughs> that was intentional. I mean, I'm going to be sitting on stage with these giants and it's cool. It, it all worked out great. Um, the thing is, there were several rounds of the selection process and two or three went by and we were not selected. I wrote it off. I was like, ah, I guess we're not going to get picked. Carl wrote it off. And I was like, ah, you know what? It's, it's fine. We're going to have a good time. Going to see our friends. It'll be a blast. And then finally, in the the final selection, just uh, like a week or two ago, we got an email that said, hey, we're going to announce it tomorrow. You guys made it and congratulations. So we got the panel and I'll be sitting with these really well-known people. I'll make sure a lot of pictures are taken. So it looks like I should be included in the group. And it's all because I uh, I guess I'm I'm friendly enough where I'm, I'm friends with these people and I'm able to reach out and say, Hey, do you want to do this thing? And it's not a random situation. Additionally, I'm friends with these people so I can get them to sign up and approach someone else. So I, I mean, I could have approached someone bigger than the people on, on the show, perhaps. The other thing is uh, like Paula wasn't sure if she was going to be able to attend, but because she has a good relationship with the conference, she's been a, a former uh, like host or MC of FinCon where she's up on the big stage and she introduces the other speakers and that sort of thing. And she's a keynote speaker herself. So I know um, we got a little bit of extra leeway because of that. Or I think we do. I think we did. But I'm, I'm sure I'm just a random person, right? Um, but, but Paula and Mindy and Andrew and Carl are very well known. So it was easy for me to ride the coattails. You won't be able to recreate it specifically. But if you take these ideas, you could do this in other ways. Next, let's get to these questions out there. So first one, this is from Guy. So Guy says, it's been a long time. He says, I just went under contract on the site and I'm preparing for the exit. This is the first one for me of this size. So I wanted to see if you could refer me to a tax pro that specializes in our line of work. And he says, you know, someone that has a quote, particular set of skills, a smiley emoji. And here, here's the answer. So I know my accountant. That accountant is actually in Bozeman. So when I was starting to earn more money, I found someone in my network that worked online and I asked him the same question the guy asked me. And there was one one accountant say, eh, yeah, they worked with someone with on websites, blah, blah, blah. And I started working with them. They were great. I sat in their office, hung out, and they do a good job. They do my taxes still, even though that office is in Bozeman. But here's the deal. Number one, this is not financial or legal or any other kind of advice. This is just entertainment. But here's what I did. So this is what I would do uh, in the future, personally, not advice. Consult your professional. Okay. Basically, I think if you just find any accountant that works with small businesses, you are probably fine. 
small businesses that sell assets occasionally, because that's what you're doing, right? So when it came down to it and I talked to the accountant, I was like, hey, I'm selling a website. It's going to be like over six figures and blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, so did you uh, did you create the asset and now you're selling it? And that was pretty much it. It's like, did you create it or did you buy it? So I think there's probably some uh, like cost basis or, you know, capital investment basis that they're looking at. But generally, if you just work with an accountant that knows how to um, work with a small business, you should be totally fine. Most of this stuff is not that complicated. From your own standpoint, guy, you should keep a significant chunk of the money because you're most likely going to get a lump sum. Keep a lot of it for paying taxes when the time's right. So if you're not already paying quarterly taxes, you may have to start, right? When you hit some threshold of earning, you have to pay quarterly taxes versus annual if you hit a certain threshold, you may have to pay like even more often than that. So that's where a tax professional would be able to help you. It's pretty easy to look that kind of stuff up, but I would recommend saving like 30 to 40% of whatever you're selling the site for to pay for taxes. Again, not advice, but save a pretty big chunk. You're going to have to pay federal taxes. You'll have to pay state taxes. I don't know how you're doing your other accounting. If you have, uh, you know, the business filing as an S corp, if you have some other situation, maybe you have a solo 401k in the process too. So all that stuff will make a difference, but generally an accountant that can work with small businesses is going to have the skills that you need. It's not too complicated. And Guy also gave me a tip about a brewery, Odd 13, which was uh, quite good. He told me about it a long time ago, and then eventually I made my way down there to check it out. All right, this question is from Tony, and he says, I hope you've been well, man. It's been a little while since I emailed you. Keep up the awesome YouTube content, and I'm digging the videos. It's so inspiring. Thanks. Appreciate the compliment. I have a mega insanely good idea that has never been done in the affiliate marketing or niche website space before. Do you know where I could get VCs for angel investors for my idea? It has potential to get a million plus visitors per month and completely be the first mover in the affiliate marketing space. I have reservations about finding people as the concern is they take my idea and they run with it. I feel like this, or I feel like I could probably do this alone with some help from ChatGPT as my developer. What would you do in a situation like this? All right. said, Tony, thanks for the, the kind words and feedback. And the thing is, I don't know of any specific VCs where you can go for angel funding or anything like that. I have heard of some in my podcast listening habits. I think you could probably just Google around and find some. I think you're probably looking for, you know, more on the smaller side just generally. But I think if you like go around a little bit and 
just search, you will be able to find like various VC or kind of angel investment marketplaces that you'll be able to check out. Here's my advice. I I said this, I'd get this going on your own because when you get traction, people will notice. People will actually attempt to throw money at you or acquire the company. So if you could mostly do it on your own, then you should. It'll be hard, but it's totally doable. One other note is you mentioned you would be like a first mover, like you're the first to market. And if you're the very first person, the first company to do whatever it is you're talking about, which I don't I don't even know, totally vague, right? I I think there's a lot of education that you have to do before you actually get the traction. So if you're the very first to market, no one knows what you're selling. They don't they don't understand it yet. They don't see the value behind it. So that's the danger when you're the very first to market. Now, it sounds like it could be like just a, a little bit ahead of its time and maybe it's just an incremental like piece of functionality or something, which in that case, you might be able to grow and have this, you know, huge business just like you're thinking. But the real the real answer here is it's all about execution. Your ideas are probably fine, but ideas are easy. You could just listen to podcasts and listen to smart people talk and you will have tons of business ideas. You can have a really, you'd have the most perfect idea and have bad execution and it'll be like a mediocre result. But if you have a Let's face it, if you have a bad idea, but really good execution with a good team, it'll be pretty profitable. It's really about execution and ideas are pretty cheap. You may have a very special idea, but I have rarely heard of a really like awesome idea. Usually they're just incremental little bit different than the last thing and it's not really as good as you think. So that's the reality. So it's all about execution. That said, it might be a great fucking idea and you should do it. You should try it. If you think you could do it on your own, try to try to hit the limits of what you're able to do. Again, once you once you start getting results, People will find you. People will try to acquire you. People will try to copy you and that sort of thing. The other the other tangent that I'll mention here is I not not so much now, but more probably like five years ago or so, people would say, Hey, I have an idea. I want to partner with you but I need you to sign an NDA and all this other stuff. And I was just like, you know what? I don't give a shit. Like, I'm probably not going to do it. And if you're going to get me to sign an NDA, it's just like extra paperwork. I don't give a shit. And I'm not going to sign it. And I'm not interested. And I would cancel the meeting. So there's probably a small set of assholes just like me, where as soon as you start saying, hey, I have a great idea, 
sign this NDA, they're just going to tap out. They're like, yeah, I don't really care that much anyway. And I would just go on with my day and it wouldn't even matter. Um, and for the record, uh, Tony, he didn't ask uh, to partner with me or anything like that. Uh, there was no interaction like that. But generally, like when people in the past have been like, hey, you have to sign this NDA. If it wasn't like, if we weren't like buying or selling a website to each other, if someone was like, hey, you got to sign this NDA just to talk to me about an idea. I was like, ah, I'm not going to do this. You know, not worth it. All right. So that is that. If you want to have your question featured on the show, shoot me a, an email, feedback at doug.show. Those emails come directly to me and I, I put them in my, my little list. I put a label on them and then I come around every now and then and I'll actually go and answer the questions. I usually reply back ahead of time just to let people know, um, you know, the short answer, because sometimes it takes a little while for me to actually answer back. So don't forget our wonderful sponsor for today, Sticker Mule, stickermule.com and their custom stickers. One thing I'll point out, they have a 4.8 out of 5 uh, rating from somewhere. I don't know where these the rating comes from exactly, but there's 144,981 and 96% of those people would order again. Check out the website. You could save $10 on your first order. And these would be legit to, uh, you know, print out and bring to a place like FinCon, which is the general idea of what I'm going to do. And you can even resell them. So if you had like a cool idea, maybe you have like a local souvenir shop or something like that, and you wanted to play around, create uh, some stickers of your own, some custom stickers, and then bring them to a place. You may be able to retail them or sell them from your website or anything related to that. And they have labels, they have magnets, buttons, packaging, t-shirts, and more. So thanks a lot to Sticker Mule.